You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Horizons Church Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, an old college roommate of mine, a friend who is very near and dear to my heart. He is the owner of Film Cove Productions, and he has an award-winning short film, Beneath the Boards, which, if I'm remembering correctly, at Liberty University's Film Festival won awards for Best Sound Design, Best Screenwriting, Best Director, and Best Picture. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around, please welcome my friend Ephraim Harrell to the podcast. Hi, guys. Guys, thank you. That hey. was uh, <laughs> that was quite an intro. <laughs> we do the best for our guests, you know. We do the best yeah. we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what did I miss there, Ephraim? Why don't you uh, tell our listeners a little more about yourself? Yeah, I guess just to catch up on speed since we were in college together. Yes, I'm running Film Cove Productions, which shorthand is Film Cove, and that has been quite a journey of entrepreneurship and. When you take creativity and you turn it into a job, something seems to switch just a little bit, but it's been a lot of fun. (laughs) And then more recently, I just got married like two months ago. Yeah, you did. um, Which Josiah, wink, wink, stood right beside (laughs) me that day. So he knows that well. (laughs) That's what I've been up to. I do a lot of um, brand films now, do some business video and things like that, which helps pay the bills, which is nice with the wife. Very cool, very cool. So you're a filmmaker. I think it's fair to say you're a film lover. We watched mm-hmm. a lot of movies together in our time at Liberty. <laughs> we did. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what sparked your love for movies and for filming as what you just said, you know, you started as a creative project and now it's become a full-time occupation for you. So tell us a little bit about what sparked your love for that. Yeah, well, I would have to take you back to like 10 years old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, take us back. <laughs> Throughout middle school and high school, I was the kid who was always making little videos thought they were the greatest things since sliced bread (laughs) and maybe they are I I haven't seen I haven't watched them in a long time now but but yeah so I knew that I loved to just make things that's how I would say it spent many hours on 2007 Windows Movie Maker um And I think I eventually upgraded to Sony Vegas and then iMovie. And then the last upgrade was to Final Cut. But yeah, so I've always been kind of making things and never really thought about it as being a career. I actually went to Liberty University as a math major, not a film major. What a change. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Which that gives you even just that little tidbit when I tell people that I think gives them a little insight into who I am because I have some right brain and some left brain tendencies. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I was a math major, went to Liberty, really felt the Lord leading me to switch that to film. I didn't even know they had a film program when I went to Liberty, which I didn't either. Yeah, so that I think my class was the last class where we were all, I I like to call us like a bunch of misfits, but. Because Liberty's film program doesn't start until junior year, so it's your last two years. When we were in high school, the film program didn't exist at all. So it Mm. wasn't like they could market to us, like, come to Liberty to do film, because we were the third class ever. (laughs) So the class that followed us up 
they were like that first round of class that like they went to Liberty for the purpose of doing film. But not me. I went, <laughs> I didn't know what I was going <laughs> to do, to be honest. It was one of those things where I probably should have been just an undeclared major, but mm-hmm. I was pretty good at math in high school. And I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out from here. So <laughs> I, I went as a math major. Calculus kicked my butt, which is not the only part of the story, but it is a little part of the story. So I switched to film and then just started on that path. I wouldn't say I was an avid movie watcher growing up. Mm -hmm. This is probably my most interesting form of content that I watched was I actually watched The Office before it was cool because (laughs) I watched it when it was on TV every Thursday night and I was in high school and then I got to college and it was on Netflix. So then it kind of like blew up and I guess it's still blowing up. I was going to say, was there ever a time when The Office wasn't cool? But I guess there kind of was then. (laughs) If If you hear people now and they're like, you just have to make it through the first season and maybe a little bit of the second season and you can keep going. Like, imagine watching that every week on TV and you're like, what kind of show is this? (laughs) Because before that, it was like the comedy of the century was Friends and it was just like totally different to see Steve Carell awkwardly camera angles and whatever the the first few seasons were. But yeah, so uh, there's that side of the filmmaking was like the fun the fun videos that led me late in high school to start making some videos for my church. Mm -hmm. And, and namely I, I point to this one specific video that actually is still out on the YouTube somewhere, but I went on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic and I think there were maybe 20 of us and we weren't in a big church. I think the entire church was like 170 people. So 20, that's like a pretty good percentage of the church to go on this missions trip. But I just started thinking like my mom didn't go, my dad did go, but my mom didn't. And I was thinking, man, they're not going to be able to see like what A, we've been raising money for all year and B, like the impact that this trip is actually having. And so I had just got an iPhone 4S. I'm pretty sure that's what I had. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I just started filming a lot and not like to take away from the mission strip, but I would just see a moment and where other people might like pull out their cameras and take a picture. Like I just started doing a lot of video. So I did that for the entire trip and I didn't even think at first I was going to do anything with it. Maybe just like show people video. But the more I ended up getting, I was like, you know what? This would be really great. My mind was this would be really great to like show and then we can know like what we're tithing towards, what we're donating our money towards. So I put together like this little, what I think is like six or seven minutes. It was just kind of like a recap. I'm sure it used completely copywritten music that I would never try to use <laughs> now, but I didn't I didn't know any of those things. So yeah, they I ended up like finishing that out and the pastor of our church said that's awesome. So we played it on like a Sunday night and people that went on the trip, like their families came and they got to see what we did. And then we actually like shared stories from our mission trip after that. But the amount of people I'd come up to me after the fact and say like, wow, like our church has done mission trips before, but we're like limited just to hear. But now we got to see too. Yeah. I think that I can think about a lot of different things making videos, but I think just that one Sunday night actually planted the seed in me that I was like, man, this is actually powerful. Yeah. Like this has a chance to make an impact, to persuade, to educate like the amount of things that this can do is is a lot bigger than these dumb YouTube videos that I had made (laughs) up to that point 
And so I think I was a junior, maybe a sophomore, but a sophomore or a junior in high school then. And then since then, I, like I went on like a couple more missions trips before I went to Liberty and did the same thing. I think the very last one I, I had, like if you know video cameras at all, I had like a Canon T3i, like it's mostly meant for pictures, but it takes okay video. So I kind of stepped up my game a little bit. So I made another video. Now this is all preceding when I went to Liberty as a math major, um, <laughs> but it's definitely a part of the story because that first fall at Liberty, I don't, I wish, I have told the story so many times and I wish that I knew the speaker's name, but I don't. But we were at like a Wednesday night service and basically the entire point of his message was that our passions are not accidents. Because I remember writing that down and I was like, my passion's not an accident. And I think I told myself that it was like, I love to create, I love to make video, but that's like an accident that that's something that's important (laughs) to me. Like it's only for Saturday mornings and that's it. And it was literally all that. And then like within the same week, I found out that there was even a film school. And I tie it back to this mission strip video because what I specifically heard the Lord in that week say was that I was supposed to tell the untold stories. Which sounds like pretty cliche, but it's like (laughs) when you get something from the Lord and you know it came like not from you at all, which is exactly how it felt. It was like those words weren't even inside of me to say, so (laughs) it definitely didn't come from me. And so that's still, I, I went to a retreat this past weekend, actually, on Jonathan and Melissa Helser's farm. I don't know if anyone's familiar with them, but Jonathan Helser sings No Longer Slaves, which is probably Oh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have this camp, basically, this retreat. And so I went on like a men's retreat, and we were like talking about our history with the Lord and where we're going. And that kept coming up, which is very interesting because we were supposed to do this podcast a week ago, and I was sick. Yeah. And so it was like this past weekend, I was able to be reminded that the Lord really had spoken to me and said, tell the untold stories. I think that that is something that is going to be more and more a part of my agenda moving forward, whatever that looks Mm -hmm. like. I think it can look like a lot of different things. But yeah, that was the longest explanation of what sparked my love for film. (laughs) And I didn't even, I have some notes here. I was like, what do I want to talk about? I didn't even mention Inception, which spoiler alert, that's like my favorite movie of all time. Um, But that's more even about like, tell us about yourself a little bit. Like that's what has led me even to the point that I'm at now. So it wasn't since I was eight years old, I wanted to be Steven Spielberg or anything like that. (laughs) I was 20 years old and still thought I wanted to work in a bank or something. But um, here I am at... Here I am, almost 25, and actually, this is funny. I actually work for a bank, just a little bit. <laughs> one of my clients um, one of my clients right now is a credit union, which if you know credit unions, they'll like tell you, no way, we're not a bank, we're a credit union. I'm like, okay. okay. We're so different. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's funny to come full circle because now like some of the people that I'm like working with and trying to create some cool content with, they are the math-minded. So yeah. that kind of helps me in conversation where I'm like, funny enough, I uh, almost did what you guys <laughs> I are doing. I started out as a math major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I work for myself and I'm wondering how in the world am I going to get insurance? I'm dealing with this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. Let's well, see, that's, that's the kind of narrative story arc we're going for here, that kind of stuff. So all that being said, I think that actually segues nicely into our next question 
question for you. You mentioned being a creator and just enjoying creating videos, content, even though that wasn't on your radar necessarily as a full-time occupation. You've always enjoyed it. And I think that's kind of reflective of theologians talk about this all the time, you know, the image of God inside of us that, you know, seeks Mm. to be creative and cultivate the materials that we have in front of us to reflect God's image. So that being said, I wonder how you see your work in film and perhaps film in general interacting with the mission of the gospel and contributing to the work of the church because that's kind of a little bit of part of your story and I think film has become kind of the default mode of narrative and storytelling these days. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably fair to say. So I'm just kind of curious from your perspective as a filmmaker, how do you see film contributing to the mission of the gospel and the work of the church in a broad sense? Yeah, well, I think there's maybe two sides to this. One is very practical and one is personal. So practically, it has been said on multiple places that video will make up 80% of internet traffic by 2022, Mm. which is stark. But really, when you think about the personal side, to me at least, it makes sense. At this point, I'm on Instagram watching videos. I'm on Facebook watching videos. on YouTube, obviously, watching videos. (laughs) So it makes sense. If you ask me, like, when's the last time I sat down and read 10 blogs, I would really struggle. If you ask me when's the last time I sat down and watched 10 videos, I'd be like, uh, maybe yesterday? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so practically, it's just where media and where content is moving towards, which those are like big words that people like to throw around. But basically, anything from movies to TV shows is media, is content, but also just like simple, whatever, Instagram stories. That's become really popular too. Like just even the mindless stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, the other side of that is personally, I think video is the single most powerful tool out there. Now, I think because it's combining so many things, obviously a video has the spoken word, but it also has the visuals. You add those together and you put some good music to it and boom, you've got a persuasive video, whatever you're trying to say, (laughs) which is, which is amazing, but also dangerous. Mm -hmm. It, It really is. And so that's like the personal side. I know that I'm affected by videos. And this is interesting for me. Like I've watched a lot of TV and a lot of movies, but I have watched some documentaries now, which is something I definitely didn't watch in high school. If you would have said documentary, I would have been like, oh, like a boring history channel documentary we watch for like class project. But like, <laughs> but like the really interesting documentaries to me are like less than seven minutes, very digestible, tells a story that I never would have heard otherwise. Mm-hmm. And there's like more and more of that being made, which is cool as I've come across it. I'm like, man, I feel like I need to just sit in what I just what I just watched for like seven minutes. So I think that there's a lot of different avenues to consume media and even to create media. You obviously can make anything with your phone, but you also can bring in the lights and cameras and audio. And there's a time and place for both. Mm-hmm. Even as I've now started working with some businesses, I'll tell them pretty upfront the amount of things that you should be making, I can't make for you. Like I don't have the capacity to make all that for you. So it's okay if you want to put out some stuff that's like talking to your phone because it's just like a personal side. And I said, but then there's also a time and place to have something really look nice and establish a brand and continue to grow. But I think that as much as I've now been kind of saying that for businesses, I think it's entirely true with the mission of the church as well. And so if we know that people are on the little screens in their pockets, that makes me sound like an old man because old men say that. I feel like (laughs) a little screen in your pocket. 
But for real, like I definitely spend more time looking at my phone than I do. Maybe my computer, but I do edit a lot. So I'm probably a skewed, but a normal person probably spends more time looking at their phone now than they do even at a television or a computer screen or anything. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, where do we want to meet people? Do we want to try to get people to do something that they don't want to do? Or do we want to meet them where they are, which is on their phone? Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to do that is through video. And so, and it can be in tandem with things. You can write an article that is knock your socks off article. But for me, this is, I'll I'll speak personally. I'm not going to say like, I understand how the world works, but um, (laughs) if I see a title and it says whatever, I call them hooker blogs, like the hook you in the top 10 things to do this weekend or whatever, like those kind of things. I'll be more inclined in the say like, top 10 things to do video. You know what I mean? Like they'll put Mm -hmm. like bracket video at the end of the title. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be something in here. Like I can just like click play and digest. And then I'll usually end up reading the article right below it. So it's, it goes in tandem with other things. But for me personally, that's kind of how I've moved towards consuming things. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, even like how I used to make videos for mission trips, like I think that's a huge thing too, because I feel like we are the most, I'll say this with a grain of salt. I think we are the most educated generation ever, but maybe Maybe that word could be swapped out with something else. I don't know if we're necessarily the smartest. <laughs> yeah, <ever>, that's <laughs> lots of knowledge. We, <laughs> maybe not so smart with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inch deep, mile wide kind of yeah. knowledge. But we just are able. I mean, even if I just go back a couple generations, like my grandparents were farmers in North Carolina. They didn't know what was going on in California pretty much ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now it's like, this isn't a bad thing, but like a wildfire breaks out and it's like, I know within 30 minutes. Like I'm just, yeah. that's what I mean by like, we are the most educated, like we have the most information, I guess, to the point of information overload. So I think this is something that I am half hopeful for and half kind of seen, but I think we're now to the point that we understand we can get whatever we want as far as content, whatever we want to watch, whatever opinion we want to hear at this point, we can put in our ears, we can put in front of our eyes. Yeah. And so I think for the next 10 to 20 years, it's going to be a shift towards much more intentional consuming. Whereas in the 1960s, everyone watched the same TV show. I don't know if Andy Griffith is from the 1960s. It might be older than that, but... (laughs) But like, that's a good example. Yeah. Like every family that had a TV were watching the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. But that's just not the thing anymore. I mean, every family has a TV and then also a laptop and then also a phone in between the TV and them on the couch. Yeah. And so I think we're having this switch towards, and I've even told this to some businesses I've worked with. And like the more personal you can be, the better, because people are going to navigate towards either A, things are entertained by or B, things that they are educated by. Mm-hmm. And you can say other things, but I think those are like the main two things. Like YouTube is a good example. You either go on YouTube to watch a movie trailer for Avengers Endgame <laughs> or you go on YouTube because you're trying to figure out how to organize a specific cell in an Excel sheet. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we, we actually go to YouTube for things like that now too. So it is like this entertainment education. I think video is a really crucial tool for the church because I do think the church can entertain. I think that's actually kind of a lie that a lot of the church, at least where I'm from, like a lot of the church has believed for a long time, like we're not going to do that. Like my dad tells stories of like kind of video was like of the devil, like don't go see movies. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And in some ways we're probably reaping the negative impact of that now because the church gave up Hollywood altogether. Mm -hmm. And it happened a long time. It's it's like no one's fault specifically right now. It happened a long time ago, but 
but the church used to be a very big influencer in things. And that one particular thing, the church kind of took their influence out of for a long time and it grew to a large influence. So now I think we're starting to get that back a little bit. I think that, believe it or not, there are some Christian movies that aren't insanely cheesy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There are some. So They are yeah. out there. You can find them. <laughs> yeah, diamond in the rough, needle in the haystack, but they're out there. I haven't seen it personally, but I heard a lot of good things. There's a new movie called Unplanned that yeah. just came out. Yeah, I heard something about that. I haven't seen it, but I'd heard about that. And I don't know if it's connected with exactly what's going on, but I know that there's a lot, like a new, kind of a new buzz about Planned Parenthood and some of the practices that they do that are kind of like swept under the rug, but this movie is bringing that to light. And that's just, that's a very, I mean, literally, I think the movie came out last Thursday. So that's a very recent example of the power of media. Mm -hmm. And I would say unplanned, if it fights for life, is fighting for the gospel. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things like it's doing it without exactly like presenting the gospel at the end of the movie. It's just telling a story that matters and it has an impact. It has a greater impact, an eternal impact. Yeah. So I know I just said a lot there, but I think that there's there's a lot of different things. I mean, mm-hmm. that it, it just depends on what people's style is. Some people only like those big blockbuster movies. Some people like the indie movies. Maybe some people are more gravitating towards me that like those five to seven minute documentaries, man. I can remember those more than I can remember some of the movies I've seen yeah. that I sat two hours in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is something to be said for the value of telling a story in an excellent way that is really yeah. helpful and powerful in these regards. Like I'm even thinking when uh, you first screened your senior thesis short beneath the boards, I remember watching that and thinking, there's no way Ephraim wrote this. <laughs> like, because <laughs> It was just, you know, if anyone knows you, and by the way, I think that short film is on YouTube or it's out there somewhere on the internet. It's on on my website, I think. Yeah. So that's out there. If you Google it, I'm sure you all can find it if you want to watch it because it's excellent. But if you know Ephraim, he's this chipper, you know, really just like one of the most joyful people you'll ever meet. And this movie is kind of like, it's dark and kind of like spooky. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what in the world? Like, how did Ephraim make this? But it was so well done. Obviously, it won many awards at the film festivals it's been entered into. And I think there's something to really say about that and the the way that that impacts us. And I think that's true of film in the church. And whether or not, I mean, I won't spoil it. It's only 15 minutes. So there again, like kind of a digestible story. But even that started with just a very simple thought, which is how can we encapsulate a story of hidden sin will find you out. That's kind of like yeah. the tagline without being the tagline. Mm-hmm. And so from there is like we're at off shot and it was like, well, this guy, like maybe he has schizophrenia or something and he doesn't even like he doesn't know the sin that he's committing like in mm-hmm. his own life. Yeah. And so from there, it just kind of like became this. Yeah, it, it is. It's a pretty creepy little video. But, <laughs> um, it's not like it's not rated R or anything like that, but. I would call it like a thriller, maybe. Yeah. Um, there's no there's no blood or anything like that, but yeah. But yeah, like even that, which that was an awesome introductory for me to kind of have a story go from start to finish and see how it affected people. Yeah. And see what impact it could make. And that was just in a small way, just like a senior thesis film. But yeah, that story is actually probably a good example of something that can be entertaining, persuasive, makes you think a bit just for a minute even. And not that that is different from Avengers Endgame since I've already mentioned it. I, I love the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. I thought Infinity I 
Hotel Infinity War was awesome. But I wouldn't say that I finished that movie and it made me think about myself right. at all. Yeah. And I do think that's where blockbusters are moving towards. They're moving towards like a spectacle. Yeah. Which I'm like both sad, but also like kind of sure to say this. Like I think movies in general are kind of making a shift towards kind of being like Broadway, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. But kind of we're going to go get like the biggest like story that we can in the theater. But then it doesn't mean we're not watching other movies. We're just we're just watching them on Netflix or we're yeah. just watching them in our house. Yeah. Or kind of like these event movies. Like obviously there'll still be Christian movies that come out for years to come and it's like an event. Like our church is going to go see this movie, which I think that's also really cool. I think that's a really smart way even to lead. Like you can have discussions after we're going to go see this movie and then have like a three week series kind of about some of the content that it tackled. Mm-hmm. I think that that kind of has some cool plays within the church. But mm-hmm. if you want to check out Beneath the Boards, I think if you look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. I just checked my website. It's actually not on there right now, but it is on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. See, there you go. Y'all should watch that because it is excellent. Yeah. And something you just said leads me to a final question here with the time okay. we have left. As a filmmaker yourself and as a Christian, how do you approach actually watching movies? And how do you think we as Christians in particular can practice being discerned? Concerning movie watchers? Well, it depends. I will say this. It depends on what you are affected by. I've learned this. I've met some people and they're just not affected by language or they're not affected by gore or what have you. I personally, I'm, I'm definitely a visual learner, mm-hmm. which isn't a surprise. Um, <laughs> I make videos. But I would say that does lead me susceptible to be more affected than others. Probably. I would mm-hmm. think so. But some good things that even I've used in the past to originally, like if you hear a movie is going to come out and you're wondering like well, I wonder what's in that I think at this point it's kind of become pretty famous but focus on the family does have a system or what have you a website called plugged in I don't know if you've ever used that Josiah but I've heard of it yeah I use so, IMDB that's what I go to yeah IMDB is a good one too I kind of have it in two ways, but like plugged in will tell you like what content is in it. So it'll break down the visual content or break down the cursing or what have you, any of the content that's in a specific movie. And then also you've got things like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and Letterboxd. Like those are ways to figure out if the movie's actually any good or not. But yeah, I think the smartest way to watch a movie is to check your heart, check your brain before <laughs> you start it. Yeah. Because as much as I've been talking about how we consume media, I think we more and more consume it mindlessly. Yeah. I mean, even just like full on TV show, we'll sit down and watch six seasons of a TV show. And after the fact, be like, should I have really watched that or not? Should I have, <laughs> should I have been, <laughs> I don't know if I should have done that the past what six kind of weeks. What <laughs> effect did that have on me? <laughs> yeah. So I think that is maybe the first step just to check your heart and check your mind before you start something. That's why I say it's personal though. Like if someone's dealing with some very serious stuff in their personal life, then maybe it's not okay for them to watch something that deals with a similar subject in a movie. Yeah. But then again, same movie, different person, no effect. You know, I mean, I do think we are minutely affected by anything. Yeah. But as far as actual lasting impact, I do think that comes down to like a personal level. Mm -hmm. But I would be hard pressed to look at anyone at this point. Honestly, I probably would have said this when I was younger and it's probably more of what I was taught, but I wouldn't necessarily look at any Christian and say, you should never watch an R-rated movie. Yeah. (laughs) I think I would have maybe said that though growing up because I was like, oh, well, everything up until PG-13 is okay. I can remember my parents when I was like eight years old taking us to our grandparents saying they were going out for the night. They're going to go watch a movie. And mm. I learned later that movie was rated R. And no one ever taught me this. No one ever told me to it. But when, when they came home, I was like, you all went and saw a movie that was rated R? Like, 
like, I can't believe you did that. You don't love yeah. the Lord. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just weird how we approach that. Now I'm like, definitely like, yeah, no. Like, I mean, Passion of the Christ was rated R for pity's sakes. Yeah. Like, you know? Good example, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, I mean, now the rating doesn't mean so much. I mean, I don't think you're going to be dipping into some crazy stuff when there's a G rating or something. But yeah. um, at this point, there are definitely some PG-13 movies for parents who have kids about to turn 13. Like there's PG-13 movies that have some harder stuff than some R movies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's all subjective. Just because we talked about it earlier, The Unplanned, that movie that just came out, it is rated R. Yeah. Christian movie. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a Christian movie. I'm going to guess that it is just based on its point of view. But it's very interesting because it got rated R because in the movie, abortion is considered murder. Yeah. And so for murder, you get an R rating. And part of their campaign that I'd seen, it was like, if the rating system of America considers abortion murder, what is the rest of America yeah. doing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But that that's a good example. Passion of Christ, another good example. Like, obviously, it's rated R for obvious reasons. But then again, I think I watched it. I, I might have been younger than 13 when I watched it and oh yeah it was very impactful yeah I'm not mad that I watched it and I wasn't like negatively affected by it yeah going back to like what I originally said knowing where you are which Mm -hmm. that's a podcast question of itself yeah where are you where are you at um (laughs) that really is an important thing like even if you just feel a little check like oh maybe not then you know everybody knows there's enough things you can you can yeah. fill your mind with mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah. But if you feel like, you know what, I've, I, I know the story, I know where this is going, I, I know like how I could be impacted by this, and you're smart about it, that's the first step. Yeah. Now, one more thing I would add to that is be wise about pressure. I know it's it's really fun. This is one of my favorite things is to have like a movie night, have friends yeah. over, have a movie night. But also, if you host a movie night and you've got 10 people coming and you choose, let's say you do choose to watch an R-rated movie and it is like whatever, it's gory, it's something, a horror movie, I don't know. I would say that some of the responsibility falls on whoever's hosting that party. Like, don't be mindless about even that kind of a thing. Don't be mindless about showing a movie to friends and maybe you're okay to watch it, but maybe they're not, but maybe they're too scared to say that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I think as Christians, like we do have the responsibility to think through because it has not only like a mental impact, but it does have a spiritual impact in the yeah. things that we do, the things that we choose to commune around. Mm-hmm. That's like the other addendum to that is like, be smart for yourself, but in those kind of contexts, know your friends well enough to have a repertoire with your friends that you can be like, hey, is it okay if we all go see this movie like at yeah. the theater? Is that is that going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. And hopefully if you've built a pretty honest friendship, they're either going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, or they're going to be like, uh, I actually was thinking I didn't really want to see this. It's yeah. like, fine, totally. I want to love you right where you are, and we definitely don't have to do this. We can do something different. Yeah, and especially like what you were saying. I mean, I think the whole underlying principle here is that films, stories, what have you, but especially stories told through a medium as affecting as film Mm. really will have an impact on you beyond even what you just initially think after you see the movie. So yeah, those are great observations, great points. Ephraim, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us for the podcast here. I think our listeners are really going to be better off for this. And where can they find you, Eve, if they want to follow along with your work or check out what you're doing or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, if you want to check out, because I do run my own business and make videos all around the place. I was in Maui and Texas and Colorado and Florida just last year. Um, Filmmaker in high demand here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, I will say I've slowed down the travel a bit because I'm married, so anyone else who's married is 
going to understand why <laughs> that has that shift has happened. But we've also dreamed into doing some traveling ourselves. But yeah, so my like business website is Film Cove. So that's F I L M C O V E dot net. Mm-hmm. It's only .net because it used to be .com and someone else bought it and I don't want to pay $2,000 for <laughs> .com. So it's .net now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was cheaper to make new business cards and make my website .net than, than buy the rights uh, to .com. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, filmcove.net, that's important. And I'm also on Instagram, Film Cove Productions, same thing on Facebook. And then personally, my name is Ephraim, so that's E-P-H-R-A-I-M, and last name Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L-L, and my Instagram is also just straight my name. None of those little numbers or underscores or any, any of that stuff. <laughs> I have a unique enough a name. Unique name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which helps because that's like also my email, like my name at Gmail, which is kind of awesome because most people have to add like 2011 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> But yeah, that's how anyone could actually get in touch with me beyond just reaching out to Josiah because Josiah knows me personally as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. But yeah, yeah, hopefully that was insightful even just a little bit for the people that listen. Yeah. Just because I know this actually is a pretty big topic. If you just named it the content we consume or anything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a large topic to cover because yep. it's a large part of people's life. Like this podcast is content. It is. That someone will consume. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so hopefully even just in the time that they've given us their ears, they feel encouraged. And I would say like, that's what you want to gravitate towards. Yes. Don't go towards what's necessarily popular. Yeah. Go towards what fills your heart. Yep. Because in the next 10 to 20 years, I think that's how media is moving anyways. Yeah. You're going to have, obviously, you're always going to have these popular, like the blockbuster. But anymore, you get to choose what you consume every day. There's probably going to be some great TV shows that really challenge you, teach you how to cook. I don't know, like any of yeah. <laughs> any of the content that's out there now. But there's also going to be the other side of things that's like popular, but not good for you. Yeah. So, yeah, go there towards go. what fills your heart. That's probably my last thing to say that yeah. I hope people leave with. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, thank you again, Ephraim, for joining us today. Thanks, Josiah. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are listening, if you have any questions, you want Ephraim back on the podcast, you want to engage with this topic anymore, as always, you can send those questions to podcast at horizonschurch.net or reach out to us on social media, and we'll catch huh. you all next time. You guys are .net also. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you, man. See ya.